0: You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans, 1700 KBGG.
1: Hey everybody, how are you? It is a Friday in the capital city. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you today on Friday, and we got a great show lined up, including Kevin Lehman will be here a little later on to talk a little college basketball and what the NCAA has done. Pete Mundo will join us on the Big 12. We'll get into everything on that. Zuba Mahente from ESPN as well. And Trent, we have a cast of thousands for this show today. I'm excited because there is more NFL preseason football on tonight, and look, I know it's laughable that everybody says, well, it's, it's, it's exhibition, it's the first game, but you and I have been salivating ever since the NFL and college football ended, and at least we finally got players on the field blocking, tackling, running, throwing, offense, defense. I enjoyed it. Did you?
2: Yeah, it was football, Jim. We're, we're back and rolling, and we we got football on the brain. That is a good, good place to be. I'm with you. I, I was very entertained last night. I went back after got home from the fair last evening and got yeah. the DVR going. Now, as I got home, got home a little after 9 o'clock or so last night, and most of the games, at least the local games, were coming to an end. And the guys that were playing, frankly, don't know a whole lot about those guys. You know, those are the guys that are going to struggle to make the roster. You're talking about a a position or two that are going to be out there. But I DVR'd uh, the Chiefs game, the Bears game. I went back and watched both of those, the starters, their first couple of series. Starting with Kansas City. And, of course, we are the home and away voice of the Kansas City Chiefs here on 1700. Watching Pat Mahomes, that 14-yarder to Kelsey, I thought was a thing of beauty. He was 5 of 7, but it felt, I think, clunky is the word that I came up with, Jim just seemed a little bit off last night
1: yeah i'm with you i'm with you on that and i I mean i guess that can happen uh in the first exhibition game of the year sure why not i can see that taking place look when when you start to open up the season and it is the very first game people are going to make mistakes there's going to be offsides there's going to be men in motion things are just going to happen Quarterback counts are going to be strange, so um, I I I never get too excited about the first game of the regular of, of the regular exhibition season. But a couple of players did stand out to me, and one was Baker Mayfield, Trent. And look, I, I he throws two touchdown passes. Uh, He was nifty in the pocket. He avoided the rush. He ran for a couple of first downs and got out of bounds to avoid taking a big shot. Uh, Andrew Luck, I was happy just to see the guy back in a Colts jersey. And he even ran with the football and took a shot. And I think every Colt player, fan, coach was hanging on for dear (laughs) life. But he popped right up off the field laughing so, you know, those are the good things that you like to see out of the exhibition season.
2: No, I'm with you there. There was a lot of positives to take away, a lot of, a lot of good moments. Uh, as I mentioned, I also watched a bit of the Bears early on, Mitchell Trubisky and yeah. company. Still work to be had, Jim. I'm, uh, yeah. Yesterday, during the program out of the fair, I had a couple of Bears fans on with me. They were more, they're more optimistic than I am about their teams in general. It's hard to be optimistic about this organization as a whole, whole, but I was trying to buy in. I was trying to be the good fan. Watching them again last night, though, it's it's a long ways to go. Leonard Floyd, though, that guy stays healthy. Boy, is he fast off the edge.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, if – was it Leonard Floyd when we were sitting there watching the the Bears draft that night and you went nuts because they drafted him? Yes. Was it Leonard Floyd? It was It was. And you yeah. didn't and you didn't like him at all.
2: Not at all. No. I did not want them to take <laughs> yeah, Leonard I Floyd. That. Yeah. Now no. I, I could argue, Jim, that I've been You went nuts that night. Wild nuts. I mean it slowed out a little bit. Wasn't happy with the pick. I wasn't happy what they did. Yeah. yeah. It's uh I I'm fine, you know. I, the, the other ones that they've done, moving up a spot to get Trubisky when they didn't have to and giving up what they did as they were fleeced by the 49ers, that was frustrating. For the first time, really, in the draft, I didn't like Kevin White when he was drafted. That's proved to be true. It's kind of organization-long, but I was finally excited about what they did in the draft this year. We're O'quan Smith, and all that guy's doing is hanging out in Georgia right now. He's not even with the team. Yeah.
1: Right, God, I mean that's got that's got to be frustration. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Got to be, got to be frustration. Uh, did you like what uh, Hunley did as the backup in
2: Green Bay? Didn't watch much of that. Didn't see a whole okay. lot of that. No, he was impressive. He was impressive. I'm, don't we go too far with this kind of stuff, though, Jim? I mean, impressive.
1: Well, I'm saying it's it's game one of the NFL exhibition season. I'm saying that he was impressive for what we saw in the exhibition season. Look, there's no real game planning. There's no defense uh, game planning against the offense. Everything's pretty much vanilla. But at least it gives you a sense that, okay, maybe Huntley is better than what he was last year if anything happens. Uh, God forbid Packer fans uh, with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that Tyrod Taylor in Cleveland – there is no question that he is the starting quarterback. He threw a 38-yard touchdown pass, went five for five on the series that he was in. And then Baker Mayfield uh, showed you a how accurate a thrower he is, not only in the pocket, Trent, but also on the run. And in the first touchdown pass that he threw, a ten yarder, he checked off of his primary receiver off of a wheel route. It was supposed to be to the running back Nick Chubb, and instead found the tight end in the end zone when Chubb was double covered. So, I mean, you you know, you see things, and you're going, okay, all right. Now I now I really see what they were looking at. So, I from that from that aspect of it, that's 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 my takeaway.
2: From the NFL over to a little college football going on right now in Iowa City. It's Big Ten Football Media Days. Jim, takeaways, uh, not a whole lot at this point. I know Kirk Ferentz talked a little bit earlier to kind of kick things off. Now they're going through talking to the different players. I was interested to see, though, that both Alaric Jackson and Tristan Werfs they were there, so that was good to see the two Mountain of a Men. So the guys that are suspended for the first game, they were out there answering questions. The responses I saw from Tristan Wirfs talking about the embarrassment that he went through, I thought that was very good. So, uh, overall, you know, a, a few nuggets to pull out of there, but now it's just about getting ready for the season. You know, hope, no more suspensions, nothing else. I, there's always rumblings when things like, hey, there's more to come. I don't know, I don't believe what I've heard at this point that there's going to be anything else out there. But it's these four guys that have been suspended, get ready for camp, figure it out for game number one, and, and let's get some mm-hmm. real football out there. I, I'm,
1: I'm with you on that. Look, they're, they're working out. They're on the scout team. Uh, according to what Ferentz said, they will not be with the team on the field, on the sidelines. And, that, hey, that's punishment. You guys screwed mm-hmm. up. This is, this is your punishment. I, it's, it's more than fair, as, as far as I'm concerned, with what uh, Kirk Ferentz has, has done with that. So they're, they're still getting reps in. They're still at practice. So it's not like that they're, you know, sitting at a fast food restaurant throwing down 30 burgers a night. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're just not going to be, A, a part of the team that day, and B, in the game plan that day. They're going to be doing other things. And I'm good with that,
2: Trent. Yes, uh, I'm right there with you, Jimmy B. Well, we will take an early break here coming back on the other side. We're going to talk some Big 12 football coming up here. Pete Mundo is going to join us. We'll get his perspective on Iowa State, West Virginia, TCU. And of course, uh, the story from earlier uh, Bill Snyder, Jim, you got to love this yeah. as an old dude, right? Getting contract extensions yeah. in your 70s. You got to love that. Good. I, I can't wait for my contract extension. Uh, Can you make that happen for me? Don't hold your breath, Jimmy B. Don't hold oh. your breath. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't, all right. Uh, yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Just sell a few of those houses. You'll be all right. You're fine. You're you're a good <laughs> chick. We're coming back on the other side. Pete Mundo on the Big 12. Also coming up this hour, another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm. Myself and Dr. Stephen Fuller of Fuller Family Dentistry looking back at great seasons in Hawkeye history, including 2004. All to come here on 1700.
0: Bill Ryder. nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right on you, 5 to 9 p.m. Weekdays on Des Moines
2: Big Talker 1700 KBGG. wolfconstruction.net
0: sponsored by your locally owned Domino's. Introducing Domino's Hotspots. Get pizza delivered to outdoor locations like parks, beaches, and more. Not at home?
3: Not a problem. Visit Domino's.com for details on Domino's Hotspots. Don't waste away the last days of summer in a car you hate. Join my flip-flop revolution today. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. I'm on a mission to help everyone kick back in a car they love. I'll help you flip out of your current car and flop into a nicer, newer one by paying up to $4,679 more than appraised value for your trade. Relax and a ride you'll love. My one and only, for the people, credit approval process is easy breezy. My team is the best there is and we know how to get you approved, even if you've been turned down before. Don't waste away the last days of summer. Be part of my flip-flop revolution. I'll pay up to $4,679 more for your trade. And you can flip out of your old car and flop into a nicer newer car today. But hurry, the revolution ends August 31st or after we've flip-flopped 82 cars. I'm Joe Clemens and I'm a dealer for the people. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University, one block off 235 on the state fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at approved by Joe.com. Approved by Joe.com. Purchase price allowance, negative equity, be All terms subject to approval.
0: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roof Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations. We overpromise and underdeliver or we'll carelessly drag our ladder
3: over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Ruffing. Before you play Russian Ruffer Roulette, give us a call. That's 729 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it, once, roof it right, right
2: Imagine that there's a place where you can have a good time and do good, too. At the Blank Park Zoo, you can. There's a whole world of animals to discover, tons of fun things to do, and so many cool things to see. And the whole time you're having fun, you're actually helping animals. How awesome is that? Every trip to the zoo is an adventure and a chance to help threatened wildlife everywhere. Imagine that. iowa baseball company an old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu bennegan's on merle hay road stop by bennegan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time dinner with friends a night out or just stop by to watch the ball game make it bennegan's merle hay road you're with friends at bennegan's on merle hay road
1: Real sports talk for real sports
0: fans. Swinging it in, Slam Touchdown, sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh, yeah, the word you're looking for is wow. Here's Gemma Trent.
2: All right, welcome back. Time to talk some Big 12 football, and we love to go to one place when we're doing it. It's Heartland College Sports, and the head guy over there is Pete Mundo. You hear him on radio, and you hear him with us here today. Pete, good afternoon. What's going on?
4: Well, guys, you know, we're uh, 20 days until our first Big 12 game, and um, we're also 22 days to our first Saturday. I tell you what, life's pretty good. You can't beat this.
2: It's a good place to be. Good place to be. In Week 1, a couple of interesting matchups. Texas, they get Maryland a year after losing to the Terps. This time it'll be out east, Old Miss, Texas Tech, Tennessee, West Virginia. Pretty decent slate there in Week number 1 for the Big 12 schools.
4: Yeah, no, I am uh, super excited for it. I mean, you know, a couple of the games that you just mentioned are great. Um, In Texas, town, Maryland, I mean, they should have last year and they didn't. So let's see if they can get it done this year and, you know, figure that whole deal out. So I think it's a a fantastic time for the conference. The non-conference in general is really good. I mean, you look at TCU, Ohio State, you know, Oklahoma, UCLA, it's a damn good schedule. So I think the Big 12 is going to be tested and we're going to find out, you know, we talked about the depth of this conference. We're going to find out how it stacks up against the rest of the Power Five, which, you know, we all say the Big 12 gets slighted. Well, now, you know, you also got to prove it. I think they have a chance to do that here in the first three, four weeks.
1: Pete, I'm real curious. uh, Aside from Oklahoma, there seems to be at least kind of a log jam with the second, third, fourth, maybe even fifth team. Uh, Do you believe that there is a team in that next tier that could indeed knock off Oklahoma to be the top team.
4: I think it's West Virginia, and you know people call me crazy. Dana Holgerson never does it when he should. I, I love this team. I love the offense. I love Will Greer. Um, you know what's different too is not only is Will Zigg the best quarterback in the Big Twelve, he's the best quarterback in the Big Twelve by a wide margin because of all the guys that were lost last year: Madoff, uh, uh Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Hill. There's a big drop-off after Will Greer in terms of experience and ability right now. So it's not like they just have the best quarterback of five really good quarterbacks. He's the best quarterback by a mile. In the Big 12, that still means a lot. And the defense, they've got some transfers this year that have really stepped up to the plate and, and should plug holes that are necessary in the secondary and on the defensive line. So I think it's a very exciting time for the conference, and I think uh, you know the Mountaineers in particular can definitely give OU a challenge. I'm predicting... West Virginia, Oklahoma, they play uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and I think they'll be playing again the next weekend in Arlington.
2: Wow. Uh, Back-to-back seeing that. and uh, Something that there were concerns about when uh, the Big 12 decided to go back to bring in the championship game with the true round robin. Uh, Something that we might be seeing, though, at the end of the season. TCU, I want to get your perspective on this team. Gary Patterson does a great job with this team defensively year after year. New quarterback, and Kenny Hill, well, he wasn't quite the thrill as he started his career at Texas A&M, but a good quarterback. Could they get even better quarterback play, though, with Robinson, a guy that is as highly recruited as they've ever had at the QB position?
4: Um, That remains to be seen. Uh, you know, we saw him play once against Texas Tech last year when he started that game, and Kenny Hill was out. And he ran the ball well. He ran for, like, 100 yards, but he was 6-17 in the passing game. I mean, that's horrendous. Granted, it was a very windy day that day. I recall, but I, those are not good numbers. Doesn't matter, you know, fifty mile an hour wind, six to seventeen is still six to seventeen. So, uh, but but I think Gary Patterson clearly has confidence in him because he brought him to Big Twelve Media Days. I mean, Gary Patterson is not a guy who just brings sophomores, true sophomores, to Big Twelve Media Days unless he has confidence in them. So that just tells me that uh, you know whatever my hesitancies are. Obviously, none of us have been there for the entire spring practice, the summer camp, getting underway, but. Uh, Gary Patterson has an enormous amount of confidence in this guy, and you can tell that by his actions.
1: As as you might imagine, um, Iowa State Cyclone fans are like over the moon, thrilled with optimism this year. So my question to you is, should they be that excited, or, or do we need to pump the brakes at least a little bit?
4: Well, I think they should be that excited. I do. I, I think I'm finishing third in the conference. That's where I take them to finish. Um, I, I love the defense. I mean, the defensive line, the, the, the secondary, the linebackers, the weak spot there, but it's not even that weak at all. I mean, if this team still has and comes back with the best defense in the Big 12 conference and Kyle Kemp gets a full year of workouts and, and working with the, you know, first team and the whole thing, it's, it, it can be a very special season or David Montgomery and Kyle Kemp and Matt Campbell, the whole defense, Ray Lima, Brian Peavy, all these guys. um, It it can be a special year, and they should be optimistic. I mean, I I really like a lot of what this team has put together. The depth that it has um, under Campbell is impressive. And if things click, I mean, you know, you need a couple of breaks just like every year, just like any team, but especially Iowa State. If you get a couple of breaks, um, there's no reason that... You know, come November. we're not talking about Iowa State potentially punching a ticket to Arlington if they can uh, if things can break right in that final month,
2: Pete, uh, the big news from just the other day will you go on this is Kansas State announcing a contract extension for seventy eight year old Bill <laughs> Snyder. Jim loves stories like this because uh, him and Snyder are of the same era. Your thoughts on this, not a shocker, but, but still, a guy at 78 getting more at years added on to the end of the contract.
4: I think it's just, I, I don't know what the heck's going on there in Manhattan. I don't I don't get it. Uh, you know, it's starting to feel Joe Paterno, Bobby, uh, Bobby Bowden-esque. Um, and that's not a good place for any program to be. Listen, Bill Snyder's is a great coach. He's a, what he did there is something maybe nobody else could have ever done. Um, I think they're going to be a good team this year. might be even better next year uh, because a lot of the guys this year are sophomores and juniors. But Gosh, I mean, I, I don't like this idea of a guy 82 years old coaching my football team. I don't. And I know he's more of a figurehead than anything else, but um, at some point there's got to be a plan. I mean, you saw Kansas State. They, they basically had to promote internally for their coordinator positions because who's going to take that job? I mean, you don't know. I think this whole thing, first off, there's no guarantee Bill Snatter coaches through it. He may just decide to hang him up the two years anyway. Um, he's kind of calling his own shots, but it's hard to recruit or uh, harder to recruit. It's harder to get coaches on your staff from the outside because no one knows when the end is. And then when the end comes, who's replacing you. And that puts the entire program on kind of this year by year basis, which I, I just don't think is healthy.
1: Is, is he, you think he's doing this holding out? So his kid gets the job or what?
4: I, I don't know. I mean, they have a new AD and Gene Taylor. So it's not like they're waiting out an AD. I mean, Uh, They can do, you know, Snyder can do what he wants. I I think there is an ego play that's happening here that, you know, he would never admit, but it's certainly the case. And maybe he's hoping that just the more he hangs on, the more they'll give Sean the job. But if that's the case, that's uh, that's nepotism at its worst.
2: Pete Mundo, get out to the golf course, all right? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys, thanks.
4: I'll uh, try to get a hole-in-one for Jim there, right?
2: There you go. I like it, pal.
4: I like that, Pete. Thank you. Uh, hey, you guys have a great day.
2: You too. Pete Mundo joining us. Heartland College Sports. A look around the Big 12 conference this year. And, and Jim, were you surprised when you saw that story? Like I said, I wasn't yes. shocked by it because it's Bill no. Snyder and he's, well, he's still coaching at 78, but still you tack on I and mean, we are talking about going to what, he's 82 years old then? Paterno uh, was I, I 84, Bowser yeah, was 80? Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm a little, I was a little surprised that it was as long as what it was for. But I'm sure that he can bow out at any time and there's you know there's no penalty or anything like that, obviously. So look I I, I guess this is a guy who beat throat cancer. This is a tough guy, mm-hmm. a really tough guy, Trent. And here's what I kind of gleam out of it is that in his mind, if he walks away, he's got nothing. You know, everybody says, well, you got your family and your kids. Yes, I know that, but you still have that when you're coaching college football. It's all there. I think for him personally is that he's not burned out yet, that the fire still burns in his gut someplace, and and, and he believes probably that, look, as long as I enjoy doing this, and he obviously does, then I'm going to coach and if the school is willing to sign him up and do what they did, then I guess more more power to to him. I'm I'm I was under the same impression that Pete was like, okay, it's time to move on here now, right? <laughs> but apparently not in their eyes, and they must believe that Bill Snyder is is going to be able to you know create magic. Just like what you pointed out, that maybe n- nobody ever could create what he's created at Kansas State.
2: No, that's exactly right. It's uh, yeah. a program back in the 80s. I mean, you and I went down there when it was kind of unheard of for 1AA teams to beat FCS teams and them pretty handily. They were awful, and, and there was talk of shuttering the football program, just shutting it right. down. A big eight-conference team disbanding their football program. That's how bad it was. That's how bleak it was. And to get them multiple times on the cusp of playing for a national championship, big 12 titles. I People think Iowa State was bad and, and the lean moments of Iowa State. That was nothing in comparison to what Kansas State was during that time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I agree with you. They were just absolutely dreadful. One of the worst uh, schools in terms of football in the entire nation at that level. And look... Bill Snyder should be freaking celebrated across the country for what he was able to do. And fans will, you know, bitch and gripe, well, they never play anybody in non-conference. Okay, I, I, I get that. Fair enough. I, I agree. But it, it, it doesn't matter because you have to go back and look at their history. They were the dregs of the dregs of the dregs of the earth. And he resurrected that program, Trent. When he went away, you know this—you lived it. When he went away, they went right back in the toilet again.
2: They did. They were. And he, yeah, they were very close to. Well, it was Ron Prince. Was the guy they had the one win with Josh yeah. Freeman as a quarterback, but outside yeah. of that, it was ugly, and it went right down. Yeah. And yeah, you look—you look at those three years that he was away. They go from bowl eligible in year one. To five and seven, another five and seven, and they asked to bring him back. And what does he do? Well, he's reeled off bowl games now in eight consecutive years Amazing. on the comeback. Three of them Amazing. finishing in the top twenty-five. Another conference title in two thousand twelve. Now the last three years, six and seven, nine and four, eight and five. Does he have yeah. another magical year in him? Does he have another one where maybe not win the whole conference, but but right. be ten and two and and get a trip to? get get a trip to uh, the Big 12 championship game does he have another I, one of those I, he might he might and and
1: and look listening to Pete Pete thinks that they might even be better next year because of the of the talent that is all the young talent that is on that team this season it, look, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, everybody's looking at K-State as the team. I, I know that Pete likes West Virginia, but a lot of people are looking at K-State. And if memory serves me correctly, me, my degenerate friend also liked K-State, Uh and and I, I i just think that they they're, they're going to be the i can't say they're surprise team because a lot of people like them but I, but i think that they are going to be a team that is going to be in every game one one of those kind of teams they 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 are not going to get blown out at all this year
2: speaking of degenerate uh Big 12 <laughs> odds to win the conference win that title game in dallas oklahoma they're the favorite in fact you got to lay money minus 110 If you're going to bet on the Sooners to win the conference title. Number two team, Jimmy B, is who do you think?
1: Uh, Is it West Virginia? No. Is it K-State? No. Is it TCU?
2: No. Whoa! Who am I missing? Don't tell me it's Texas. It is Texas. Five to two. Wow. Plus 250. The uh, bet, if you want, the Longhorns want to have a ticket with them. TCU is the third choice. They're six to one. West Virginia then at seven to one. Oklahoma State is eight to one, and then you have both Iowa State and Kansas State. They're both twenty-five to one, and you get to Texas Tech forty to one, eighty to one for Baylor, and a hundred to one to Kansas. Don't bet on Kansas to win the Big Twelve in football. <laughs> no,
1: I would. Basketball, that's another story. Yes. Football, no, don't waste your money.
2: Speaking of uh, betting, here's another one, Jim. You might find this okay. one interesting if you are a believer in that Kansas State team. Well, you can get them, as I mentioned, 25 to 1 to yeah. win the conference title. And if they do it at 12 and 1, say 11 to 1 in the regular season, win that championship game, you feel like they'd probably have a pretty compelling case to be in the college football playoff just to get in, not win the national championship, just get in 70 to 1. Pretty nice That's price. Not a,
1: that is a nice price. Yeah, that might be worth something to nibble on. Both it really, it really might be, yeah.
2: Both Iowa and Iowa State listed here, and their prices now are the same to get into the college football playoff. Eighty to one for both the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones to get in. Eighty to that's, one. Uh,
1: that's that's not bad. Uh, i I think Iowa has well they they do have that they did catch a break again with the schedule. There's no question about that. You and I have discussed that, but with but, Penn Jim, state but Jim but Jim remember and Wisconsin but but yeah. don't
2: don't equate this to 2015 because no, I'm not doing they, that They, they no. still have to go to Penn State. That's the difference. Yes, they do they, yes. they have to go and to I, Penn I was, state and that's a big yep. difference.
1: Yes, it is. I, I agree hundred percent and Iowa state's a lot better uh,
2: program than they were in 2015 and Wisconsin uh, has elevated their program. Yep from what they were in 2015. I I, I don't think it's fair to equate them again, because this schedule is different than the ones sometimes that they've had in the past when they missed the heavyweights.
1: Right. I I, I agree 100% on that. But it's doable. It's definitely doable. And they do get whiskey at Kinnick. And that's a plus when you get a chance, obviously, to play at home against a, a top opponent. Just ask Ohio State last year. So, uh, it's, it's, it is, it is a, a very good possibility uh, for Iowa. I, I just think that that gauntlet of games for Iowa State early, Trent, man, that's tough. That is tough sledding with those first uh, four or five right there when they start in conference play. That's really difficult.
2: Yeah, it is. You start things off, and even game one's not going to be a picnic with South Dakota State. You know, they're, no, you're right. They're number yeah. three in the country in FCS. You have people, they talk about North Dakota State as they should with the national championships, but South Dakota State for the last few years has been nipping at their heels. They've been very close themselves to winning some national titles. It's going to be a good South Dakota State team coming in in week one. We've talked a lot about Northern Illinois and the Iowa matchup. Maybe we're mm-hmm. kind of overlooking the Jackrabbits a little bit too much, I think Jim. you're
1: right. I think you're right. I I think we we need to really investigate the Jack Rapids a lot more, and I'm with you when you see that they are listed as number three uh, in FCS. Look, they're a a talented group, a confident group, an experienced group. This is not a a team of freshmen and sophomores that Iowa State is going to host.
2: Good stuff. Well, with that, we need to take a break. Coming back on the other side with more as we take you up until 6 o'clock this evening. Jimmy B and TC continues on on 1700 KBGG. Time for another Hawkeye Swarm on 1700 KBGG as we take a look back at great moments in Hawkeye history with Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistry with two locations, East 29th Street in Des Moines and in Altoona on 8th Street Southwest. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Trent? Doing well, and uh, well, today I'm going to have to lean on you a little bit more. We're going back to 1985, so I'll I'll set the scene for at least myself. This is really my first earliest memories as a Hawkeye fan, but the nuts and bolts and things, I don't have a whole lot of memory for. I was in kindergarten. It was a great year. My Bears won the Super Bowl. Hawkeyes went to the Rose Bowl. It, it was all coming up Condon at that time, but I don't have those vivid memories as I do with some of the other things.
5: What a season uh, 1985 was. I mean... Uh I can remember uh, we. Uh, I think it was a year or two before that we we started off with Drake University in 1985, and uh, a, a few years prior to that, um, Drake uh, if uh, went undefeated, and of course uh, they had stickers out. Drake University is, the, or is the University of Iowa, and uh, so that was a dig that uh, they because I believe they beat Iowa State up in Ames that year. And, and so uh, they, uh, there was that little uh, dig towards the Hawkeyes uh, since uh, uh, they uh, went undefeated and uh, we didn't have a real good year. Uh, I mean, we had a fair year. Uh, that year but it wasn't as good as 11 and 0 or 10 and 0 or whatever it was for drake at that time so uh, we showed them why they weren't the university of iowa and we started off with them with a 58 to zero uh kicking
2: it was was a throttling yeah so (laughs) i would start off the year with plenty of accolades coming into the season big expectations they were preseason number five that year just shows you where the hawkeye program was at that point and what hayden built it up to there Well, and and we were loaded. I
5: mean, you know, we had uh, Chuck Long in the backfield, uh, eventual runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. We had uh, Ronnie Harmon, uh, one of the, considered one of the premier backs in the nation, and uh, who could, you know, catch the ball and, and, uh, you know, run the ball. And if he got outside, uh, you know, he was gone. And uh, it, it was a great year to be a Hawkeye. Uh, we finished up what ten and two, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, our one lone loss uh, was to Ohio State, uh, and it—I it, I believe that game came down to the wire.
2: Yeah, uh, lost that one, and that was a CBS game. I, I think the weather was bad, if, if my memory serves. 22-13, I think, the final in that yep, one. Yeah, 22-13. And uh, a loss to the Buckeyes. Well, we've seen plenty of those. Throughout oh,
5: the yeah, days. we saw plenty of those. I sat through many a game uh, sitting up there in Kinnick Stadium going, uh, it's cold, Dad, it's rainy, can we go home? <laughs> and, oh, we're going to score, we're going to score. <laughs> yeah, but it won't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, there, it's something that and, uh, we'll talk about some rivalries and some great games uh, going forward here in the Hawkeyes Swarm. But as good and as much success as Iowa's had against Michigan, it's been the other side with the Buckeyes. Maybe that's why last year's 55-24 felt so good against the Buckeyes. Oh,
5: yeah. It couldn't have happened at a better time. <laughs> uh, you know, it uh, it had poetic justice uh, the, uh, seeing uh, the Buckeyes uh, leave with their tail between their legs. And and. Uh, yeah, uh, next time we go over there uh, to Columbus, we we better be all hands on deck because uh, if Urban Meyer's still there, he's going to remind those Buckeyes uh, that we basically embarrassed them on national TV. So, yes. but uh, 1985, what a great year! I mean, you know, uh, we finished ten and two, went to the Rose Bowl at uh, uh, ten and one, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were positioned uh, number one a few times. Uh, Uh, in 1985.
2: Including the historic number one versus number two game, Michigan-Iowa. I do remember that game. And I remember us uh, eating dinner dinner because it was probably a 2.30 start, I would guess, something like that. So uh, during the fourth quarter, we sat down and, well, we're not going to sit down. This will be one in front of the television watching it and watching the Rob Houtland kick. So Were you in Kinnick that day or were you watching on television?
5: No, I was in Kinnick that day. And, uh, you know, when you see everybody swarm out and jump on the kicker, you're like, "Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, then everybody wished they wouldn't have done that because uh, he got hurt. Yes. He did. did. (laughs) You know, so that's why you don't do that to the kickers.
2: Yeah. So uh, we haven't seen a number one versus number two since then in the stadium. And they're very incredibly rare in college football, at least during the regular season. Just don't see it very much. Uh that will always be remembered, I think, from Hawkeye fans and one of the great moments.
5: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, if I remember right, uh, uh Bo Shemblackler was still the coach there mm-hmm. and uh Bo didn't lose too many. And no. uh, uh I can't remember who the coach was it Earl Bruce possibly at the time uh, at Ohio State. At Ohio State. Yeah. And so you know, and you know, uh, Coach Bruce took it uh, took the helm from uh, Woody Hayes. Yes. I mean, you know, so uh and they didn't lose very many. I mean, you don't lose at Ohio State because if you have an 8 and 3 record, uh, <laughs> you're your ex-coach at Ohio State.
2: You know, uh that that season was so much fun and even with the lost to Ohio State coming back. But we finish up with the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and, let's uh, not talk about that. <laughs> we, you just want to leave that aside because uh, my, my grandpa maintained throughout that that the fix was in. Well, and, you know, you know the, all the shady <laughs> stories that are out there. And, and that that does kind of put a pall over the season, what happened in Pasadena. It was the most unbelievable thing.
5: And unfortunately or fortunately, I wasn't at the Rose Bowl because I probably would have gone down and killed Ronnie Harmon myself <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, could uh, I kept saying to the TV, "Take him out." You know, if I'd have been Coach Fry, you know, Ronnie, you can't hurt me if you're standing right next to me. And and uh, you know, we had what four turnovers in the first half alone. And Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know, he was I'm one of them. He was nowhere. No, you know, he broke into the free and he's running down the sideline. And all of a sudden, that ball gets loose, and you've never seen him. Uh, do that I mean that's that was the shocker and uh, you just wonder and you know he he uh, I believe had signed or was about to sign with uh, I don't remember the uh, agent but that agent uh, I believe got caught up in some type of a college uh, football scandal and uh, he's no longer a pro agent anymore (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> you you, you, you know, <laughs> so you know uh, <laughs> so you know it makes you wonder if there was a uh, a smoky backroom deal that came out of that yeah. and, and i think it really hurt ronnie Harmon, uh, yeah. you know into the pros because he really didn't last that long
2: you know and there was an opportunity if they would have won that game a possibility of maybe a split national championship oklahoma won it that year but they had had a loss during the season still something that uh also kind of hangs over but well, we had another 85, one of our favorite seasons and my earliest memories of the Hawkeyes. We got a lot more memories coming up here, Doc. Should be a lot of fun as we continue with the Swarm.
5: It should be a lot of fun, you know. There's a lot of memories of different games and, and seasons and, uh, and then there's some that you just want to forget about those 11 and that, so uh, you know. We'll leave it's, those aside.
2: It, it, It's always fun. <laughs> well, it's Dr. Stephen Fuller in the Hawkeye Swarm here on 1700. You can find Dr. Fuller if you're looking for a dentist with Fuller Family Dentistry. Two locations, East 29th Street in Des Moines and on 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Hawkeye Swarm on 1700 KBGG as we talk with Dr. Stephen Fuller from Fuller Family Dentistry about the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes here during the offseason, taking a look back some of the great seasons, great moments, experiences that me, growing up a Hawkeye fan, Dr. Fuller's a Hawkeye fan, have, have been able to live. And, Doc, we're going back in the Wayback Machine. It doesn't feel like it should be the Wayback Machine. 14 years ago to 2004, the Iowa Hawkeyes won, well, what has been their only Big Ten title over the last 14 years as uh, they came back and got a share of things with the win against Wisconsin at the end of the regular season. 2004, Doc, I was still in college. Screwing around, you know, being a moron, had a very good time during that season, watched a lot of good football, and, and quite the turnaround of a season from the Hawks that year.
5: Oh, it was. I mean, uh, we started off uh, with Kent State and looked like, you know, gangbusters, but who's Kent State? Right. But, uh, you know, we got them at 39 to 7, and then uh, we had our sister, uh, uh, University, Iowa State, and we. We beat them seventeen to ten, so you know everything uh, started to look, uh, you know, quasi rosy. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are two and zero, and and uh, and then all of a sudden we went to an Arizona State, and and uh, we got kind of shellacked, for lack of a better term
2: one of the ugliest games that i have ever seen in person uh it it started in a weird weird fashion now again i told you i was in college i probably had way too many cocktails i'm in arizona i'm a young guy (laughs) we're having fun but then as we're tailgating game's not going to start in time because there's lightning going on and that just threw everything into just a, a weird start I would play terribly. They couldn't do anything offensively. Their only touchdown came from Walter Bellius, who returned a punt late, late in that game, with a couple of minutes left. But that, when you talk about some of the worst games in Kirk Ferentz's tenure, that's got to be up towards the top of the list.
5: Oh, it does. I mean, you know, that was just really strange. And uh, you know, how do you how do you do that? And and he uh, then we then we came back the following week. And we had to play it was one of those uh oh games <laughs> and it turned into an uh oh game. We got Michigan. You know, yes, and, yeah. And they, and then, you know, they were rated at the time and and uh, you know, we ended up getting beat seventeen to thirty, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, and you know, they, they lost that game, but from the week before against Arizona State to Michigan, and Michigan at the time was just rolling along under Lloyd Carr and year after year they were winning Big Ten titles. Even though they lost by a couple of scores, they were in the game. Drew Tate had his helmet knocked off in that play, took the shot down the field. Now they blow the play dead. But it it felt like even there it was like, okay, we're not as bad as we looked the week before. And then it just started to snowball, and they picked up momentum. But this is a year that it was Drew Tate. It was Drew
5: Tate. I mean, you know, he he took the team on his back, and, you know, we started off – Two and two, and, and uh, finished the season uh, ten and two, seven and one in the Big Ten, uh, with our only loss being to Michigan. I mean, we rattled off uh, uh, some really good wins there, and uh, and and the you know then we beat Lat- the year before, the prior year uh, national champion mm-hmm. uh, LSU uh, with uh, probably the one of the most memorable uh, uh, plays to end the game. And I have a great picture of uh, the LSU sideline, so uh, you know <laughs> you you can just tell uh, that they weren't real happy.
2: <laughs> Not at all. That that was a lot of fun, and uh, that day down in Orlando. So I was uh, up in the press box for that one, as I was doing my radio show at the at the time in, in college. And so I was up there, of course you don't know, no cheering in the press box, and I abided by that. But uh, there were a couple of claps and a couple of applause up there from from a couple of the maybe not exactly media members but but people that were cheered for the Hawkeyes that day.
5: Well, how couldn't you? I mean, you know, my gosh, uh, uh, you last play the game and you're like, "Oh, my gosh. Aren't they watching the time? <laughs> Please call timeout. Right. Timeout. Yes. Timeout." Yes. And and all of a sudden, he just drew Tate, reared back and threw that ball. And uh, Holloway uh, caught that ball and sprinted to the end zone and for his first collegiate touchdown. I mean, uh, what a storybook, uh, ending to uh, his career
2: mm-hmm. and uh, to the University of Iowa's uh, 2004 season. Another one of my favorite memories of that year was the final game of the regular season, and Iowa needed a little bit of help that year. They they needed Ohio State to beat Michigan. That happened earlier in the day. So it set up the winner of Iowa-Wisconsin playing for a share of the Big Ten title. And Wisconsin came in very good, as as you'd expect under Barry Alvarez. But the way that Iowa dominated that football game, and started off very rough. Drew Tate threw a couple of interceptions, the first two possessions, and uh, here we go. But the second half, they got on a roll. That environment that day in Kittick was as good as you're going to find. And uh, In fact, one of the last times I was ever on the field before uh, the upsets against Michigan-Ohio State the last two years was that game. Winning a Big Ten title, they brought the trophy out onto the field. Kirk put it up there, uh, just capping off. A great turnaround to that season.
5: Yeah, and they beat uh, the Badgers, uh, what thirty to seven? And uh, if I remember right, Wisconsin scored first. And we if I remember right, uh, and you you thought, oh my gosh, here we go, you know? And uh, we'd beaten, uh, you know, Ohio State. We beat Penn State, you know, and, and those were all good teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know are we going to get the brass ring this time, you know? (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, Drew Tate and and the gang, they, they, did what they had to do, and and they shut down uh, uh, Wisconsin, and and we left Kinnick uh, with a thirty to seven win.
2: It was a great one. Uh, also that year, you mentioned the win over Penn State. That was the infamous six to four game, the pitchers' duel. <laughs> as uh, well, the Hawkeyes got it done with a three run homer. Couple of them yeah, gave up we a couple of
5: safeties, and we didn't tackle our quarterback. Didn't, or, didn't tackle our <laughs> kicker. I mean, yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, what a season, two thousand four. It was the last of uh, Kirk Ferentz's Big Ten titles. Let's hope that changes here in the next couple of years, Doc.
5: Well, we all hope that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's sure a sad thing to see uh, two of our uh, guys uh, leave early for the NFL, but Mm -hmm. good for them. Kudos for them. And uh, you always think, gee, what would we be this season if we had those two guys back?
2: It's a very good thought.
5: You know. We all have to reshuffle the deck and, and start over, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm expecting some good things out of the Hawkeyes uh, in the 2018 campaign.
2: Well, we'll start to preview that coming up this summer here on the Hawkeye Swarm on 1700. That's Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistries with two locations, East 29th Street in Des Moines and 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Doc, we will do it again next week. Thank you. All right. Have a good week.